Ajay, what's up? What's up, Manish? How's things? How's things with you? Things are amazing. Couldn't be better. But uh, the exciting part is that you got your CFA results, and you're a CFA finally. So congratulations! Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad to join you in the in. Uh, glad to keep you company. Yeah, looking forward, man. Looking forward. So today is uh, a a very different kind of an episode. Uh, we are we are pivoting away from general topics and going to share with you something. Uh, share with you about a company that's very close to Jay's heart in a way. Absolutely. I mean, just a little bit of a background on this episode, really. Um, is is we thought uh, at least I was thinking more along the lines of we. we give people a lot of general advice um and uh, and uh episodes have been general this till now um but a question i get a lot is kind of okay what do you think of x company or what do you think of y company or i i'm invested in this and i'm invested in that and we've always said you know on the side of etfs pooled investments diversify your investments but um my bread and butter is an equity analyst so i i i pick s- stocks for a living um and i thought I, it it would be nice to maybe dive deep into how what that process is like if you if you want to get there you can perhaps you think certain companies are better than the others and you can go buy those um but we thought maybe it would be nice to dive deep into what what that process is like or what what we should be looking out for when it comes to um picking a company level investment versus a pooled investment absolutely and we are going to try to uh, make it as simple uh, for for the listener so that you could also try uh, this whole process out and make a call accordingly but at least you'll get a framework after this conversation on on how to assess uh, attractiveness of equity in your portfolio absolutely absolutely So Jay, it was Warren Buffett's birthday, ninety-first birthday, all right, and uh, the legend, happy, the legend, the goat, and uh, I just thought it would be such a beautiful way to start this session by by looking at the four questions that Warren Buffett puts in front of himself before he decides to pick up a stock, and and using that uh, that framework, uh, we will we will analyze. Apple. We are going to talk about Apple today, all right. And using that framework that Warren Buffett uses for making making purchases, we'll analyze the whole stock, okay, uh, on that format. Sure. Yeah. So, so, so the four things that Warren Buffett always uh, uh, asks himself. The first is, does he understand the company? Is it in his circle of competence? Is it something that uh, is simple to understand? Like, like I love his quote where he says, "I don't want to cross seven foot hurdles. I just look for one foot hurdles." that's my way and and that one foot hurdle has made him a billionaire whether how simple apple actually is or like the second part he looks at the durable competitive advantage or a moat that the brand enjoys all right so that the brand is durable for a very long time uh and the third part is the people running it and the fourth part is whether it is priced fairly so so whether the business is in the in the circle of competence durable competitive advantage whether it's run by the right people and fourth part the pricing most people go to the fourth part first but we'll go to the fourth part last because that's how pricing comes at the last after you've analyzed the whole business so jay i would like you to take the floor on on the first bit about the business all right Absolutely. is it why do you think it's it's a business that's in your circle of competence and a simple one to understand Well, I mean, I I would I wouldn't say it's a simple one to understand necessarily. Um but I I I completely agree in terms of analyzing businesses companies that I prefer that I that I look at on a day-to-day basis are companies that I I have the ability to create to figure out less visibility of cash flows. We'll get to what that means later, but I can t- take for instance a sweet shop, right? you go to a sweet shop somebody buys sweets you know exactly okay how much how much sugar goes into that one sweet uh how much that one laborer costs and you can kind of map a business like that so i completely get where uh, buffett's coming with what he's trying to say but in terms of apple uh, it's 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 complicated but it's simple right you can you can look at apple in a way where um 
I think half their revenues come from iPhones. So you could kind of figure out how many iPhones Apple are sell. Apple will sell. Um, and then figure out kind of um, will will if they release an iPhone 13, what are the iterations? Uh, how many people will actually uh, replace the iPhone? You can think of it. But then the, the questions keep getting piled on, right? What is the absolutely? What is the? I, I can keep pushing back. I can keep saying, okay, but how many people with an existing iPhone will replace? How how has that trend changed? Uh, with the iPhone 6, for instance, maybe it took two years for a person to replace. Now, I, I have my iPhone 10 for four years. Um, but, but why I think Apple is a great investment is Buffett's second point, which is the moat. Um, we'll get to that in a bit. But in terms of right. figuring out Apple in, it, in, in itself, if you're thinking of, you know, do you understand the business? Of course you understand the business, you know. Um, I, I think I've told you this, Manish, one of my friends, uh, shout out Abhishek, he was um, in, in, I think, just in eighth or ninth grade when he had gotten about uh, uh, $2,000 or $3,000 as a Diwali gift from the whole family and everything. And he had bought an iPod Nano and he used the iPod Nano and immediately his first question was, who makes this? I want to buy this company as if, you know, he thought he could buy the company. And then his father explained to him that it's a, it, you have to buy a, the stock. And he actually bought Apple stock back in the ninth grade, um, which, you know, that level of thinking, that level of understanding is what people vow to, to have. I wish I had that at that age. Yeah, but, I am so envious. Yeah. But really, it's, I mean, a, a, a lot of the, the idea generation comes from things you use on a daily basis. You know, my entire ecosystem is Apple. Um, I'm sure Manish, you can vouch for that. Yeah, I just, I just picked up a M1 Mac here. Yeah? So completely Absolutely. Apple all the way. Apple all the way. And I don't, I don't see that, that changing. I mean, my day-to-day -day job requires me to use a Windows. Um, but I really wish I could use a Mac. Uh, I think, uh, I wish I could use a Mac at work. Unfortunately, you know, financial modeling is not really the best to be done on a Mac, but with everything else, I mean, Manish, when I was younger, you know, I was, a, I'm a massive electronics geek. Um, I used to go to Jumbo Electronics, for instance, and I used to sell the sales, the salesman used to get asked questions and I used to answer the customer back. I was that kind of kid. So I knew my ins wow. and out when it came to mobile phones, uh, from the Nokia's to the Blackberries to, I, I really, you know, I was a gadget geek, if you may. Um, and, and I, and I remember this one moment where my mom, who was a businesswoman had a Blackberry. And she completely refused to move past the BlackBerry. Completely refused. And suddenly, she just found everybody using the iPhone 4. And right. Do and Etisalat started giving you bundles with the iPhone 4. She gave it a shot. And then, you know, once you, <laughs> once you go Apple, you don't go back. You know, you... Absolutely. You, I've used the... I, I thought, okay, maybe I'll use a Samsung Galaxy. I used it for a, a maybe eight months. Like, like Android months. is so complicated after you start using Apple. At least I find it very complicated. No, and also I think s certain things, you know, leave a scar behind. Like just the phone just became so slow. And granted, Apple phones also become slow after a certain period of time. After a, quite a bit but, of use, yeah. But it's, it's a lot of use. Like I feel like I've made like full pesa vasool if you I, may like you know I've, I've, I'm, I'm using iphone 10 yeah Jay, and it works me brilliant. too i i Absolutely. just see no reason of upgrading to iphone 12 you know though i see everyone carrying it because they pay 100 bucks a month but Jay, just as an extension of, of what you're saying i i i i just think the simplicity of the business you know if i go back to warren buffet's story i i, I read it somewhere that he, when he decided to buy he wouldn't invest in technology companies all right but when he decided to buy apple he, you know, he states that I could see all the products on the table, the Mac, the, the phone, the iPad, basically the company, you know, 
is a device company and a damn freaking good device that has a cult like following and uh, and loyalty which is unheard of for any brand in 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 this space uh and and that's the beauty of the company it's it's not a complicated business model and you're not buying something that creates money out of thin air it creates money by selling quality products absolutely but manish i would just like to to counter that if i may i'm i'm by no means am i trying to counter warren buffett but there's one thing that you know i like to call kind of the company premium we'll get to this when it come when we're pricing things right but it's it's what it's it's what you it's 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 like paying a little more money for what you don't know uh it's like when you go to let's say uh, uh, you you buy a nice pair you buy a nice suit right let's say for instance you go to a brand like zenia and right. you make this suit and that fabric you know will last you a good 20 years you're buying you're paying for something that is you're paying for things that you cannot put a price on and and what with apple right in 2016 nobody would have thought airpods are coming nobody would have thought right. air tags are coming and and this is what i mean by you pay a little more for th- for what you don't know with company with some companies you pay less for what you don't know because of uncertainty but with companies like apple and amazon and the likes you're paying more you're paying a premium for what you don't know tomorrow the icar may become a success um Absolutely. the you know they, they could go but, into, but, but into even, even if you even if you but yeah, even if you pay for what you don't know or, or even if you pay more for let's say what you know that you're going to get something reliable apple knows that that's why they they produce the kind of products and they distribute it only when it's ready but Absolutely. but which is a part of their moat of course the brand apple per se all right but but at the crux of it it's a it's a device entity and Absolutely uh it's a pretty simple bet you got to make whether the business is what you understand now some people talk about the business is shifting towards services and maybe they are betting on the services aspect of it maybe some people are betting on the on the futuristic vision of the company but point is when you buy a company you got to understand first the crux of what you're buying like, like 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 for me if i if i'm buying like i'm buying apple through berkshire so i've not taken direct exposure to apple but i know i my biggest stake is berkshire which is 5% owner of apple so i made good money on berkshire itself but when you're buying any entity the the whole first question that you got to ask yourself is do you understand the business you're buying and Absolutely. why you're buying is what you're going to go later but first the business and and why we like apple is a damn good quality and wise Company. Sorry Manish just on that point you know you touched on one very important point i think is this is a company that that is their perfectionists and i'll give you a, a, an example so i used this samsung galaxy and i fell in love with the swipe keyboard you know and i hesitated to switch to apple because i loved the swipe keyboard that much and apple i think only released the swipe keyboard last year and man did they perfect it they perfected it to the point where the swipe keyboard can because it 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 uses you know ai predicts what i'm typing even my right. short forms and everything the old one didn't so i had to train my mind to type shortcuts separately from the swipe itself if you know what i okay. mean right yeah yeah i know I so know like fyi i was typing yeah. fyi versus if i said always i could swipe always but apple has trained the software to a way they were so much later in the game but man when they released it they were perfect face id same story it's not yeah. revolutionary technology but when apple but does so something but it's so convenient it's just so convenient the face they, id is so convenient they perfect it it's it's the simple things you know that they that they that they've gotten right you know i, I was blown away by something so simple that if you wear your apple watch you can unlock your iphone without a mask like an android person would can't be like what that's nonsense you can just you know use touch but i'm like no man this is apple it's drawing about, it's about you taking into that friction away yeah i just it's apple just a frictionless into ecosystem that, into that ecosystem yes and we'll get to like, that like, that's the where car. the motive is like like look at the apple card you just like i see it every second person i see paying bills now takes its phone and and pays by apple pay 
uh, or, or whatever they are paying. But uh, but the whole thing was started by Apple. They just remove the friction of you even touching your card, giving your card to someone and that card coming back. This is even pre-COVID. Now, of course, people are even more scared of giving their cards to anyone. But the, the beauty is you take your phone so, and it's done. It just... So, so the beauty is you're buying a company that takes friction away and brings you quality products and, and it's, it's a fantastic company to talk about. But let's now, Jay, move to the second part, which is the durable competitive advantage that you think the company holds, which is, which is the reason why it's priced the way it's priced. $2.5 trillion today. So, 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 so would love to hear you. I love this. I, I get very, very... I get very emotional because this is, uh, there's a little bit of emotional bias in here. You know, it's a company that I, mm. that I truly, truly, I'm a, I'm a fan of. If a, a, let's, let's come to the moat, right? We like to call this a moat. Uh, I see, I see kind of two to three key moats with Apple. The first moat, you know, I, someone senior, I'm not going to name his position in my company, but uh, he sent kind of this, uh, this note saying Apple is going to become the next Nokia, and mm. uh, somebody on a on a on a C level, it, it's it's difficult to kind of bring in this emotion, bring in this what I wh- why I'm like absolutely not. You are wrong. There is no way Apple is becoming the next Nokia. Um, and if you look at why Apple is not going to become the next Nokia, the problem with Nokia was not that they didn't make great phones. It was the fact that they only made phones. Um, and with Apple, we keep, we've used this word before. No, Nokia, Jay, Nokia not only stuck to making phones, but if you go into the history of Nokia, Nokia was not, Nokia was very, very uh, stuck with this whole survey that they carried out that, oh, people are not going to pay for pricey smartphones. That's why they never got into it because they thought people didn't want it. And that's why I love Steve Jobs when he says people don't know what they want. Absolutely. He, he, but, just is, he was just so good. People don't know what they want. That's why they built it. Even when iPad was built, you know, there was a whole flop of ads before iPad. But me too. They, they I mean, I, when the iPad came out, I was like, man, this is it's just, it's just a bigger iPhone. And today yeah. I sell, you know, the number of people, Manish, I've sold iPads to. I remember I have, you trying to sell iPad to me. I still remember I have, that conversation. It is the best device in the world. We'll get to that later. But... Yeah. I think I think really the, the key thing here is what we've touched upon, right? The ecosystem. It's the moat. It's it's the fact that with Nokia, um, when BlackBerry came out, like I mentioned, I could just buy a BlackBerry and I'm done. Nokia's done. Right? And Nokia yeah. and BlackBerry are competing on which makes a better phone. Today, even if Samsung makes a fantastic phone, everybody tells me the flip is amazing. I'm not going to buy it. There's no way. Yeah. Why am I not going to buy it? Because I'm just so used to the Apple interface. Every other device I have is... Used to it and happy. And every other device, right, Manish? I have a Mac. I have an iPad. Mm. I have an iPhone. I have an Apple, Apple Watch. I have uh, AirPods. And by the way, I'm the biggest audiophile. Like, I, I, I think the AirPods are, are trash. Not trash, but... Not the best audio quality, yet I found myself buying an AirPod. Yeah. Just for the usability. There's no other headphones that you can use at work that has this transparent feature and all of that. No, and also quick. The sync is the best. I've used other uh, Bluetooth connected AirPods or other companies. They don't sync the way Apple sync. The moment it's in my ears. But yeah, keeping the quality aside, all right, which I'm sure all the products have, all right. Can you first explain why should a company have a moat before you even dissect the moat of Apple. Why should we buy a company with a moat? See, the moat is very important because the last... See, the opposite of having a moat, right, is Mm. a free-for-all kind of... Take, for instance, a farmer. Now, a a farmer, when they compete, they compete on price. Now, when you compete on price, the customer is always the winner. Uh, Because today, Manish, you're selling... a cob of corn or whatever, a corn kernel, I don't know what the term is. You're basically oh, yeah. selling a butta, one thing, yeah? Butta, yeah, I was just going to say butta. Yeah. Butta, you mm. sell it for one dirham and I sell it for 99 fills and people will come to me. That is yeah. because we don't have any product differentiation. We don't have a moat. But tomorrow, if I, if I take that corn and I put some special spices, 
I have my 11 secret herbs. Uh, mix it all up. Make sure that I have a unique product. I can sell it for two drums. And now suddenly something that is one that is cost me, let's say, 95 fills. I can sell it for two drums, and that is the power of a moat, where there's something that completely differentiates you, and that induces loyalty. That loyalty cannot be taken away; it cannot be copied. Right. It basically protects you from the destruction that capitalism can bring upon you. And Absolutely. You see many companies that get completely destroyed because a competitor or a new player or a disruptor comes and completely disrupts your whole model. and that's why buying companies with moat is just so important so that you land up having your investments grow over a period of time instead of seeing it grow and then then lose everything we have many companies that have grown really fast and then went to zero i mean if i could just again i don't know enough about this company but if i could use netflix as an example right this yeah. is a company that in my opinion does not have a moat um netflix is you can see the big players you can see the likes of amazon apple disney hulu it's become such yeah. a crowded field and you know what netflix has committed to they've committed to a a a show and a movie or something a week you know how much that's going to cost them where are they getting this money from they're going to borrow this money from and it means the only only mode if 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 you if you even want to find a mode in netflix maybe you know the culture and, and that they have in the company which is fantastic i in fact wrote in my blog also about it and uh, and maybe the distribution network that they are already mm. sitting on if i rightly remember 250 million subscribers worldwide maybe that's the mode but yes disney is slowly encroaching it disney is already 100 million plus yeah so, and the, yeah. and that's why you know with apple it's the fact that you have a mode you have a loyal customer base and i want to bring to mind a very key second aspect which is the services aspect of things now yeah. when i analyze businesses you know one key thing that my boss has always um trained me to think is think of j i want you to think of the recurring part of the business and i kept kind of asking him like i didn't understand why this is so important what do, like what does he mean recurring and then now i think of every business like that like what business draws you to be a customer for the rest of your life and then i thought of apple and you know i have i pay 1 because i i i cannot be bothered to deal to delete all my photos and right. even though my phone is the biggest space i've run out of space so now all my photos come onto the cloud and so i pay apple 1 dollar every month for probably the rest of my life and people with the newer iphones with better cameras and lesser space listen apple is not stupid to not make bigger phones okay they can they have the ability to make bigger phones they have not made bigger phones because they want you to be drawn into this cloud and why is that cloud so important is because it's a recurring form of cash flows Three dollars, five dollars a month for the rest of your life. It's like earning from the same phone for life. For life, in a way. I mean, e- e- even if you know, Apple actually got into a lawsuit in Europe because of the fact that their phones became their battery or something. You know, the phones became useless after two years, and they got into yeah. a lawsuit. And then I realized and they ad- that, and they ad- and they admitted also. They admitted and they admitted, also, yeah, right? because yeah, they they. I mean, it's it's not bad business, but they admitted to it, yeah. right? And now. they're smart businessmen right so they've come up with another strategy which is let's make better cameras that take the new cameras More take space. like three photos yeah. when you take one photo it takes three photos and imagine the amount of space that it requires you're just going to be drawn into this cloud you're going to use it for the rest of your life and and, and then upgrade from 5gb to 25gb to 50gb and you're drawn you're a customer for life man and any any business that has cash flows into perpetuity i mean that's just beautiful jay i was uh, i was seeing their services numbers it's crossed it's it's touching 17 billion services all right is touching 17 billion the second most revenue generating business of their after iphone is services not mac not not ipad services You know, this used to be even less than eight billion dollars in two thousand and and seventeen, uh, and from eight billion, it's it's gone in four years. It's it's doubled, and that you know, is all Apple and, TV, and iCloud, absolutely, and it's this ecosystem you're drawn into. Yeah, 
you know, and and that seamless nature, like if Manish, you send me a PDF, that PDF is on my phone. I can just airdrop it to my Mac, to my iPad. I can draw on my iPad. I can take a lecture to class, record on my iPad, bring it back to my Mac. You know, that seamless transition of everything on one uh, all-in-one kind of software provider is, is what makes this company magical. Absolutely. Also, the another moat, I, I really think because of the ecosystem and because of the lock-in of customers, like I, like everything of mine, just the way you said, is is online uh, and iCloud and, you know, other services that Apple offers. Now, another thing, because the company has an ecosystem and this kind of a brand, the other moat of the company is that it can charge you a premium on their products. Like there are many companies that have damn good quality of the products, but they might land up losing revenue if they land up increasing their price. But if you look at Apple, it basically is like the Hermes of 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 the gadget industry. It can just price thousand dollars. I have the sheet in front of me, Jay. Okay, there were phones once upon a time which began at six fifty dollars. I still am seeing the uh, two thousand eleven to two thousand twenty price cycle. $650 was the phone that was priced in 2011. Today, you have phones at $1,100, even more in Man. some countries. Like I, like I know some places in Dubai is $1,500 to $1,800. Yeah. And you and pay for it. People, you know, somebody, I remember somebody told me like, how can Apple charge you more for a phone than they charge you for a laptop? I'm like, because they can. <laughs> as simple yeah, as because that. They can. Because they can. Because they can. I mean, who you technically you use your phone more than you use your laptop. So why is this such a uh, hard thing to believe? And, and, and Jay, at the same time, the customer doesn't feel he got ripped off. Like if I paid off. whenever I bought iPhone 10 or, or you know any of us land up buying, even if we know it's pricey, we don't walk away with this post purchase dissonance that oh I got ripped off. No, we just feel Absolutely. proud of having bought something. Yeah, and you know, for a, for for me, I mean, I, I think we're both in the same boat. The iPhone 10 was really where it broke that kind of expense, like really expensive, right? This is a in Dubai, you're looking at four thousand five hundred dirhams for a phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was first to buy it, uh, and I spent my. I remember it was, I think, if my first or my second salary because I was just like, this phone, the way it looks, even today. I still think that this phone it, it has not aged. Um, it it looks it looks beautiful. Uh, I I I take care of my stuff, so it has a nice cover and everything. But I don't feel the need to replace it at all. And in fact, yeah. I've decided to uh, go buy other Apple devices, right? So I I you know how I pitch my iPad. I know, I remember, and just the way you, you're talking about iPhone, you know, this Mac, uh, the M1 Mac, the new one, all right, among the first few people to buy it in Dubai, all right, or it just got launched recently, and we, and we bought it, and I paid $2,000 for it, but I'll tell you what, it is, I'm just happy having bought it, forget the quality of the product, which is there, and we've spoken about it, but even in spite of having laptops in the market for 1400 dirhams, which is like $300, $400, if I paid $2,000, for for a Mac, for my, you know, for my home, you, you know, that's the beauty of a brand like Apple that it can charge a price. And guys, if you're looking at buying a company and if you're buying a company which has a pricing power, let me tell you that pricing power is absolute expression that the company has enough strength to not be disrupted by others. Because if there was exactly. any insecurity in the strategy that, oh, they might be disrupted by others or they might lose market share, they won't have this pricing power at all. It is such an important moat. It's a brand, but no pricing power is a weak brand. But a brand of quality with pricing power is a deadly uh, combination. Absolutely. So, Jay, this is, this is the moat part. and. Uh, you know, but I, I want to just, I, I just want to, to extend a little bit of this. Now, now we've speaking, spoken about the moat, which is in front of our eyes, which, which people see, feel, and you and I have bought products, all right? Can you share a little bit about the moat that Apple enjoys as a company that invests in the future? Where do I you mean, think so, the moat? So I think, I think two things. One is management. Um, management is key, right? Uh, a, a lot of the companies that we invest in, uh, 
it's it's more qualitative than it is quantitative you you want to you want to buy people you want to buy the human element and a lot of people had doubts when steve jobs left but he truly truly built a culture that tim cook could seamlessly take on and there was no no um, kind of hiccups it was as if the company became better you know uh and and that kind of everybody i know manish i i have friends who worked in google and i have friends who worked in uh microsoft and but whoever i know who has worked in apple just loves it absolutely loves it loves the the way they think about things um the culture it's it's a tough culture but they, they you, you truly feel like everybody wants to be in apple um and i remember even when i was younger i dreamt of being an apple genius like the sales person in <laughs> apple i was like that's the best job dude um but that's the, that's the kind of culture like they just all look like they're having fun um and that's that com- that people loyalty is something that you don't is something that's priceless coupled with a company that constantly you know spends on r&d like this is a company yeah. that that budgets massively for research and development they're always ahead of the game um they yeah, they they have spent yeah they have spent 18.75 billion dollars in 2020 18.75 billion dollars of capex all right of i won't say capex my mistake uh, research r and d basically all right yeah. but 18.75 billion dollars is not revenue of some companies they spend that money on r and d and 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 the bets they are making on on apple car is rumors going on they already have under elon musk was said and shared in an interview i was just going through it yesterday that if you hire 1000 engineers to work on a business then i'm sure apple is pretty serious about it which means elon has its own people also being targeted by apple to join them absolutely right. now the uh, apple glass that they are looking at which is for the ar vr investment even airport was once a small bet that they made the beauty of a company when you look at a moat all right is that does the company have optionality there was a time when amazon did not have aws and now aws makes 70% of amazon revenue so if there is a nokia wasn't having small bets it was just sticking to what it knows and never was you know creating options the beauty of the business of apple is you don't know 10 years down the line what is going to be the biggest money spinner in the company today jay i was just going through these numbers of airports all right airports you know the revenue of airports in 2020 is 23 billion dollars just guess you know what i'm going to tell you is going to shock you which is with more than billion, certain companies right more than more than adobe more than uber more than nvidia more than spotify more than twitter more than shopify it's fantastic it's and and you this know, comes back to you're buying what you don't know to some extent right in 2016 yeah. nobody's nobody analyzing apple is thinking they're going to make airports Jay, and when they launched those people laughed at it that it looks so ugly i remember yeah. saying that it looks funny me too me too i was like there's no way in hell i'll ever buy this and then i was just drawn to it man and some people you know can say that uh, you just love apple and you you're too loyal whatever but no absolutely not i mean they you know apple has this no questions asked return policy So for every Apple product I buy, I literally use it for 13 days because it's 14 days like a free trial. I use mm. every product I buy for 14 days and then return it if I don't like it. Actually, I return it regardless because I I usually buy like the top of the end best spec one and then I'll buy the basic mm. one. I'll see the difference. Okay. But okay. I I bought the AirPods thinking, you know, let me use it for 13 days. See what it see if i can use it at work because no headphones were good enough for work because you i wanted to listen to music but i also wanted to be able to listen to my boss call me right and man the airpods just did that phenomenally and now you know i have the nicest highest quality headphones which i barely touch because it's just such a seamless experience that i i am forced to kind of use it now it's fantastic and that's what i love about this company is that they they have this premise that customers don't know what they want and airport is one exact example of this that i thought it was funny till the time i started using it so they are they are their entire focus on customer satisfaction and utility is 
in a way you know the moat and that's why that whole whole customer satisfaction mixed with quality mixed on a futuristic device now they are betting big time on health they want to become the world's biggest health company which is also a a a, a, a segment that they're massively spending on so 10 years down the line 20 years down the line apple may not be the apple that you know today but that's where the moat is so so there's so many moats all right which is why it, it it is the company with the highest market capitalization today but also what helps in building this moat is the third uh, uh part of the framework that Warren Buffett uses is the people all right the so people. tim cook steve jobs of course was was a showstopper steve jobs was the one who 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 had phenomenal vision and executed it with fantastic products but if you look at tim cook jay tim tim cook's not the visionary that steve jobs was but tim cook's a very sorted process oriented leader absolutely you know i i read about him the verge the you know a very successful magazine publication uh, wrote a whole piece on tim cook it was fantastic what that guy has done in 10 years 2011 to 2021 he's turned the company you know to a uh, revenues of 111 billion dollars all right which is four times the revenue that was in 2011 profits of 6 billion dollars in 2011 which has been turned into 28.8 billion dollars all right which is again four times so when revenues and profits goes four times higher in a highly competitive scenario wow speaks a lot about the guys running it anything you want to say about tim cook jay any any no i mean I, on him? like i touched on this too right you have somebody that is um that is seamlessly taken away from from Steve Jobs effortlessly right. almost um and and you you look at the the newer generation right you you look at uh Satya Nadella for instance taking over i think from um was it Steve Ballmer i'm I, i'm not too sure uh yeah, but yeah. Satya Nadella taking over from Steve Ballmer and man at that point in time there was nothing like microsoft wasn't even in this whole cloud business uh scheme of things you you look at yeah. uh sundar pichai i mean reinventing google with google mail google maps i mean these are uh, this is what has made these companies the bohemians they are today is that transition of leaders there was always it's very easy for people to say apple was steve jobs and it for a long time it it felt that way right because when steve yeah. jobs left for that little bit apple was kind of in 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 tatters and then steve jobs came back rebuilt the company we know the story and then when 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 he passed away or when he left you had tim cook come in and people had their doubts you know but if you look at the stock price if you, if you would at that period the stock didn't tank because people still wanted to wait and see what what tim cook could bring to the table and then you know taking other examples uh, like i said you know you have um uh what's his name uh, the microsoft ceo i'm blanking right now uh satya nadella you have satya nadella you know not to bring in another company and an apple competitor but i always explain to people right before you had like excel and all of these apps that you could just rip um you would download it off a torrent and you could use a pirated version no more can you do that Today, because you're no, forced you to do that now man you you're forced to have uh, subtly and surely and slowly you are now tied into a microsoft ecosystem that you again what are they trying to do they're drawing you into that recurring form of income into perpetuity you're going to use excel for the rest of your life and you will pay us 15 dollars or 20 dollars a year for the rest of your life be it and yeah, you know and don't focus on that now launch make some launch teams now integrate teams into work chat and into ms exactly. office is all people and are so important even if the products good exactly so the people But are Jay, huge also oh, sorry so you continue then i'll ask you something no i mean i could go on with multiple examples of how people have shaped businesses uh but anybody who knows kind of the power of uh, the power of entrepreneurship and and you know i studied in what is considered the number one entrepreneurship school in the world but i truly believe that entrepreneurship is something that cannot be taught it is something that is you're you're born with it and some people 
you know, are, are born great leaders. And somehow these behemoth of companies have just brought the right people to the fore consistently. Um, and so many and of them have been with the company for ages. Tim Cook's been with the company for two decades now. Sundar yeah. Pichai and, and Satya Narela, these guys have been with their companies for so long. So sometimes, you know, a, a visionary leader, Steve Ballmer, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, they also got to be damn good. Uh, uh, At passing the because, beta. Yeah, you know, uh, talent spotters in a way. So... So many a times when you do have a company and if you're just fascinated about the price of the product, but if you intend to hold on to the company or intend to create long-term wealth through that company acquisition, all right, in your portfolio. Believe in the people. You must, you must, you must know the people running it. Like, are you fascinated by, by, by reading an interview of the uh, person who's the CEO or the founder of that company? Like I have DV's laboratory in India and I was reading about uh, DV's, all right, the founder. And it's just a fascinating read about the founders or the CEOs who run these companies. And Jay spoke about entrepreneurship. Let me tell you when Sundar Pichai makes 200 or 400, I don't know, I think it's $200 million plus, that's his income. These guys, though may seem to you like, oh, I mean, they are an employee. No, they, they run like an entrepreneur. They run a trillion dollar company like an entrepreneur because they have stakes in it tomorrow. Even if they're not there or they retire, they still own it. Yeah, so, so you've got to know the people running it. Absolutely. And that culture, you know, I believe it or not, Manish, there was one guy who I think worked in Apple in one of the Nordic countries. And he just posted uh, uh, on on LinkedIn. It was a post that got like 1,500, 2,000 likes. He's like, proud to finally see my product come to life. And this guy made the air tags, man. He just works in Apple. He was part Mm. of the product development and design team that made the air tags. And I'm like, wow. And, and that's like, flying off the shelf, man. $250. That's flying off the shelf. No, it's like, it's like $100, I think. It's, it's 400 drums for four. Uh, My bad. My bad. But yeah, but I mean, it's, dude, it's But still flying off the shelf. Product. Like it was out of stock when I was asking about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great product. And actually, I'm trying to work on something that, that fit, that uses an air tag. But I mean, Again, it's something that has just disrupted another business tile, if you know tile, made yeah. exactly the air, the air tags. They did the exact same thing air tags did. But how has air tags succeeded? Because air tags bounces off the network of iPhones, which everybody has. And that's an ecosystem that only Apple can, can create and own. And, and that's why this product has just destroyed a company like Tile in the matter of a day essentially like no more is anybody even asking about tile uh or know what tile is i know what tile is because in university i tried to start a business like tile but uh, you know that's what i mean like apple is just can just take over these industries uh with if if they want it and they perfect that product the airtag is a perfect product that uh, yeah i mean you, you're right here. You can see clearly how this is just taken over a company. And who's created it? It's not come from the top. It's not a C-suite person. It's a normal person who has that freedom to create within that company that creates a product like this. And that's that's the kind of environment that you that becomes conducive to uh, product creation and and new ideas and idea generation. And these things cannot be quantified. All right. Every that's why there's a beautiful saying: everything that can be quantified, everything that uh, can be counted, may not matter, and everything that matters may not be, you know, be able to be counted. So, so culture, people cannot be quantified, but it does matter a lot. Absolutely. And you got to be curious about the companies you're buying. What is the culture? Sometimes you should take time out to talk to someone in Apple or any company you're buying. What's the culture? You know, that's what scuttlebutt is called. Where you find out the culture, the feeling, the vibes uh, of vendors, of of employees. uh, And sometimes you get it by by going through, you know, articles on them, videos on them. And And even even before I was an Apple stock fan and just I was an Apple fan, minus the stock, because I didn't know what stocks were. I was also watching keynotes. I was fascinated yeah. to see Steve Jobs talk about a product. Man, the, the, you watch his iPhone keynote. 
I've watched yeah. that video at least 10 times in my life. Anytime I... He was the you, best showman that the corporate world ever had. Like, wow, man. Like, anybody who can talk about a phone like that or a product like that. Like, you truly felt like this guy sold it to me. Like, like, like you're waiting for him to... Okay, now what he's going to say next? Okay, now where, where is it going? Now, he would just relate to things which are so diverse and then bring it. You know, yeah. that his iPhone launch was just so good. It's like he a clicked a, he just touched a button and the whole crowd went wild. I mean, you know, that yeah. is the, that is the level of uh, the power that he commanded. But I mean, it's not just, it's somebody who talked to so talk It's not only a showman. Walk it's not only a showman yeah. that can build a company. It, it, it's, it's a process oriented guy could build a company. Uh, 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 like Reed Hastings kind of a guy with Netflix. If you, if you read about the culture that he's built, uh, you know, a guy who's very tuned to the culture he's building, you know, People are so important. Be, uh, there are some fantastic people running fantastic companies, but but people got to get a sense of it. But yeah, you know, running into the last lap of the podcast, all right, yeah. and we got to cover the most important bit for many of people listening. Not the most important to us because we take it as a fourth part. It's important, but not the most important. The first three part come first. So the fourth part is the valuation. All right. Apple Correct. at two point five trillion dollars. Is it expensive? Is it cheap? Should I buy? Should I sell? I mean, so I, you know, you know my opinion with these things. So a, a lot of the times, I find people, especially you know, people my age, mid twenties, because I, 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 I'm on finance, TikTok, and Instagram finance, and you know all of these social media platforms, and I see people pitch uh, the likes of, let's say, Tesla. Right. Let's take an example of Tesla to talk about why price is important, and then we'll get to Apple. But if you take Tesla, tell me, yeah, it's a great company. They make great cars. Manish, I know you like the car. I, I as a car guy, I, I, I don't, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Um, but, but let's quantify what you're paying for Tesla. So EV to car, I think, if I've got my numbers correct. You're paying a million dollars per car, buying it as a Tesla stock, versus the likes of GM that trades at thirteen or fourteen thousand per car. So it's important to kind of rationalize what you're paying for. It's a sexy idea. It's a great idea. I agree. But okay, you want to say that it's going to become all the cars in the world. It's going to become as big as Toyota. It's already bigger, but oh, it's as big. I think. But like, you need to be able to rationalize and quantify what you're paying for right a lot of ideas may seem sexy may seem great but you need to kind of tangibly evaluate what you're paying for now let's take this to apple right apple trades at a 30 times pe what does that really mean um that means that for if apple's earnings were the same let's say if apple if if apple made one dollar for every one dollar of earnings you're paying $30. So logically, it would take you 30 years to recover your money, given that it's $1 of earnings. But what you're not realizing is that $1 of earnings is actually growing by 20 or 30% every year. And, and that kind of catches up. Nobody is buying Apple to think of it as the fact that, okay, I'll, I'll recoup this in 30 years. No, the idea is that the earnings, which is your denominator, simple math, is going to grow faster. And that is going to shrink. Um, and you know, another thing that I, that, that, that people should kind of disconnect from is anchoring. You know, I've had a lot of people when I, when I pitch them Apple, they're like, okay, well, it's, it's 135. Is it a good time to buy? And I'm like, dude, just buy it, like buy it, keep it, hold it. I'm not going to, you can't time the market, right? Time in the market is better than timing the market. We all know this quote. do I think 30 times PE is a lot for a company like this? Absolutely not. I mean, they have so much going for them. Jay, um, S&P 500, which has so many average companies in the 500 stocks in US, trades at 31. Exactly. The so it's actually PE below. The as on 27th of August by Wall Street Journal quotes 31.26. Apple is quoting even less than S&P 500. Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's honestly, this is like a no-brainer. You know, I was looking at the year-to-date performance of Apple. And I think it's like 16%. I'm like, I, every stock I cover, okay, and even stocks that I hate in, in my investment universe is up at least 35, 40%. I'm like, man, how is this? And, and you know, in the last five days, I think Apple has reached an all-time high every day. 
and i'm like yeah. finally it's moving you know i'm like uh the, i because i think september is the iphone 13 launch and you would think that the market is smart enough to anticipate this and should have bought this earlier but clearly not um but any anyway guys i mean we're not here to this is what i'm saying right you can you can you can if if i have to value apple and talk to you from an analyst perspective how i would be valuing it is you know the number of iphones the number of macs the number of uh the, the service oriented business which i would take you know a percentage of the mac sales growing that by how much by x percentage depending on the number of phone depending on the camera depending on the space of those phones you know there's there's multiple ways that you can which, look at which, analyzing which has has a lot of assumptions in it guys so there's even a lot of assumptions someone 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 someone's role is actually to break down the unit economics of a business there are a lot of assumptions around it and but a simple uh, way i think i think yeah. warren buffett said this if i'm not mistaken manish you're the bigger fan but i think it was if the us government is giving me a half percent to keep them to keep money with them for 10 years and apple has historically right. returned to shareholders 7.5% every year right what is even if apple continues to pay me 1.5% i'll mm. keep apple at least i know that this Absolutely. is a company that generates cash flows imagine guys that 70 billion that manish is talking about which is service revenue what is the cost of a cloud it's nothing it's free marginal cost is zero it's pure profit you dream of charging people money like this imagine every single thing that goes on the app store apple makes 30% of it which company can command these multiples can command these premiums and get away with it uh, that's that's the power of apple and it's just it, it's it, i i find myself uh every single day falling more in love with the stock and falling more in love with the with the product the ecosystem uh there's this But few yeah, looking at the valuation looking at the valuation one is one, one thing guys we've covered is a unit economics which is not the subject matter of this podcast because that itself could take 10 hours all right a a very heuristic based valuation is when you look at ratios when we're looking at price earnings ratio it's cheap, cheaper than s&p 500 index so you're buying one of the most quality companies in the world even cheaper than the index of the country all right when you look at price to sales you know, there are so many so many ratios you could look at but even if i was looking at price to sales all right trailing 12 months it's 7.37 if i look at price to sales forward 6.86 just for jeb can i say that if price to sales for a company which has so much optionality all right wherein the revenue streams are just just expanding in so many territories and they are keeping pace with the technology and the mac uh, the m1 chip that they've launched now which they are using in every single device of theirs can i say a seven price to sales is a pretty reasonable valuation and not expensive because there are absolutely. some companies in the market trading at 20 30 price to sales i mean absolutely i mean see the thing is with a company like this when you have earnings i always like pe's as multiples but i mean even like you said six seven times given you don't know a lot of things you don't know what they could go create another airpods and by the way guys apple tells you that the airpods will only last you two years and yet you you're buying it yeah. you're going to buy a new airpod every two years so imagine the recurring nature of this business there's few few companies that can compare man there's few companies that can compare uh i i think big tech is here to stay um and the only you know kind of uh we've only spoken about the positives but the biggest negative i see with with like like that was the last thing before i ended i wanted us to cover the risk so what is what is the risk you see there like valuation wise looks fair but we are not saying it's cheap neither are we saying it's extremely expensive yeah, I mean, it is fairly priced you have to realize and, that equities yeah this is this is the era of equities this is another topic but within the equity landscape i think that this is completely fair uh what you're paying for apple at 30 times 30 times trailing um but the risk i see with apple and the big tech guys is i see regulatory risk i see the government kind of forcing their hand into breaking this into kind of smaller businesses taxing them a little more heavily um but that's keep in mind guys that's the, that's a very fine line right 
if the government but does that's that that's what's happening all over the world man i think every company especially in tech is facing regulatory loss now everywhere in the world yeah but you know what they do right they just end up spending more on r&d it hurts their pnl more and then they recycle i mean there's umpteen loopholes guys but i think a realistic Well, uh, even even of, the current fine, even the current fine, Jay, they paid a hundred million dollars, all right, for developers, so that they are not upset about them being charged thirty percent. Apple reduced their fee structure from thirty percent to fifteen percent for for many developers earning less than a million dollars, and 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 paid hundred million dollars as a fine. That's like pocket change. Yeah, I mean, you know, so regulatory risk is there, but I'm sure you know uh, Apple's figuring yeah. out. Even even Alibaba, Jay, got fined two point five billion dollars, which is four percent of the annual revenue of the company. So these regulatory risks are there. Every tech company is going to face, but it's just that the damage is not going to disrupt the business the way I see it. But yes, that risk is always there. These are see. Also, you have to realize that in in China, not to get into politics, right? But you have a political hand that that matters. You have to realize the kind of you have to realize something, guys. When it when it comes to Apple and thinking of it within a big picture mindset, it's a very very tough. Uh, uh business to force a regulatory hand on and if you ask me why it's because now in the environment we're in a lot of the the pensions and the and the college funds and all of them are actually investing in ETFs that end up investing a bulk of money because apple is such a big part of the index in apple and if apple you know tanks for instance so does millions of americans pensions um so it's a it's a very very fine line that the government is not just thinking oh yeah apple's profits are growing 30% every year why don't we just tax them more it's not that simple guys um there's a lot of people that that's living is attached to a stock like apple and big tech But actually, when we say Apple, technically the whole index, like everyone would want the asset price inflation to continue and not hurt pensions and all. But yeah, the, the the risk part, this is this is in a way the vested interest part or conflict of interest part, which is why they will not be very aggressive in in bursting the bubble. But I I see another risk. One is regulatory. All right, I see another risk. If if you see the chart, okay, since the time this. money printing has been going on all right which is which is a chart which was created uh, uh, on zero hedge all right is that is that as and when the central banks have created liquidity in the market all right the valuation of apple amazon facebook google microsoft which is a fang man all right has exactly kept kept pace all right with the money printing that's gone on like i'll give you statistics Since the outbreak of COVID nineteen, global central banks have bought eight thirty four million dollars of financial assets every sixty minutes, and every sixty minutes the market cap of global tech stocks has risen by seven eighty million dollars. Which means they are buying assets for eight hundred million dollars. Tech stocks are going up by eight hundred million dollars every freaking sixty minutes. So I also see a massive risk of of if this if this liquidity. For whatever reason, all right, uh, slows down. Uh, slows down. You will see. Uh, you will see maybe valuations dipping. Uh, Absolutely, and that's. But that or, I think is equities. I think that's equities as a as an asset class. Um, in more equity, like obviously, we, you could argue value equities and and mature companies and stuff. But I mean, look at Apple's cash balance. Like, look at their cash balance. They're this. They raise debt, but they still have a. Put ton of cash, which means that they're actually, you know, when what Manish said with liquidity pumping helping growth stocks, I really don't think that this is a a a company that should be classified in that bucket of needing cash. Um, yet it's no, but it, it won't need cash. But I'm saying if that tomorrow the liquidity dries up in the market for whatever reason, all right, we could see repricing and stocks correcting. So that's a risk. which people got to know that if you're buying company at 2.5 trillion dollars which is the highest ever is it going to continue you know growing at the pace it's grown the way it's grown right now it may be slower from here but has its own risk attached to it also you're not going to see 100% bump from here 2.5 trillion dollars going to 5 trillion dollars so so but, do not expect that kind of growth but yeah i mean it'll be I, slower it it will be slower and and it's it's but it's it's again I don't cover companies out of out of my invest 
investment universe but guys this is a company that <laughs> is close to my heart and and a lot of you all have asked for okay jay but what like what do you do for a living like like what how do you analyze a company what is your thought process what's your idea generation and this is not all of it but this is a a chunk of it covers the gist um but but yeah manish any final takeaways no i i would just say guys building wealth uh, sounds like a cool thing and it sounds cool to tell people oh i own apple and all but let me tell you you got to buy stocks in a way that moves the needle for you if you bought apple for 100 dollars and 100 dollars went to 300 dollars well it doesn't change your life yes but you still can you know ride the ego trip telling people oh you know i made 200% on apple but you know people are not going to ask you how much you put in because it's a very sensitive topic absolutely so don't get excited about returns you make or the stocks you own you got to you got to understand the the business the mode the people the valuation so that when you bet on a company you could really have a good chunk in it all right and when the company grows that money that grows with that your capital invested in that company could actually change your life just absolutely. imagine if you had bought apple if if someone would have bought, we didn't buy apple we like we we both have become serious about stock investments recently but if if we knew what we know today and we knew this 10 years back and bought apple our, our $10000 investment would be at half a million dollars today absolutely so you got to understand one thing don't play this game because it's a cool thing which i see many people doing oh i own this stock i have an interactive broker's account and no really get into the 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 the, the deep uh and and make a good solid pick it could really you know build a fortune for you that's my only message before i wrap absolutely and guys who have forever's listening keep a, keep it coming with what you want to hear next uh and if you enjoyed this you know uh let us know we could even you know do other companies um and and yeah uh that's it from me so guys thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate your your feedback comments support and uh wishing you a fantastic day ahead jay have a rocking time ahead bro you too buddy take care